On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we run it back to the All-Star game. We are still so upset about the Astros cheating scandal and some off-season NFL as well as some incredible Bachelor recap where we break the ending before it even happens. Let's get into it. Once again, Jack, how are you doing tonight? Well, we're back at it. I'm ready to get into it. Big, big, uh, weird sports week. Strange. It's strange. We don't really have too much going on. The NBA is dead post All Star break. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, baseball has been only relevant because of the Astros, pretty much. Yeah. And obviously, no football outside of the XFL. And so it's that weird time of year. All Star break is a weird time of the year for sports, but. We still got some content. We're still ready to roll into it and bring you what's up to date in the sports world right now. Yeah, no question about that. We're always going to be prepared no matter if only, you know, the Masters happened one yeah. weekend. And for some reason, every other sport stopped and was like, hey, I really enjoy golf. I want to watch this golf tournament. So even if that was the case, we would be able to talk with six different quotes from the PGA. But luckily, that's not the case. We've got a lot more to go off of than just that. So, you know, tonight we'll be tackling the NBA, uh, the MLB, and I heard from you, the NFL might have some relevance here. Yeah, we got well. some, We have some NFL coming at you live right. in this downtime of the NFL. Interesting. Well, we will get to that, but I think I'm going to start with the MLB, actually. Um, and, I mean, obviously, there's only one real topic to talk about, but I want to be, you know, a little bit trickier and see if you can say, you know, guess who said this. Mm. Uh, you know, about the scandal that's been going on in the MLB and really has people questioning, uh, you know, the future of baseball right now. So the quote is, they cheated. I don't agree with the punishments. The player's not getting anything. Guys' careers have been affected. I lost respect for some of those guys. Hmm. Now, the hint I'll give is he is a superstar of baseball. Not necessarily on one of our own teams, but he is a superstar. Mm-hmm. One of the first people you should see, you know, when you think baseball player. Currently? Yep. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, when I think superstar, I mean, the first guy that comes to head, my mind is like Mike Trout. So I'm going to roll with Mike Trout. And you would be correct. It was Mike go. Trout who obviously plays for the Angels of Los Angeles who are division rivals with the Astros and one of many teams who, you know, have had – the you know result of their season affected by competing with these Houston Astros that have been found to have cheated and Rob Manfred just is not going to punish these guys any more than they've already received so far. He said that he's made a mistake, but the mistake was not actually about his punishing. Instead, it was that he referred to the World Series trophy as just a piece of metal and that taking it away from Houston seems like a futile act. So he said that, and he now just apologized for that comment. That's a bit ridiculous. You know, I, I for one, didn't have an issue with Rob Manfred heading into this offseason. I had, you know, talked about him with my dad before, and in general, just to figure out how he's been replacing um, Bud Selig, who retired, I believe, a few years ago. 
And my thought was always he's trying to figure out how to modernize the oldest sport in America. You know, a sport that's really built on tradition, more so than the NBA or NFL really is. And because of that, it's definitely a difficult challenge to appeal to a more modern audience. So I, you know, respected him for what he's done for the sport so far. But I've lost all of that respect over the course of this offseason because when a team cheats and wins the championship of said league in that season and then is found to have cheated and is found to have cheated, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> Very angry in the studio. Yeah, I'm really upset. That was my He's elbow. taking his shirt off. Fist, He's so. waving his arms around right now. He's <laughs> oh absolutely upset. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that that was on accident, but it really <laughs> shows how upset I am about all this. Uh but yeah, if you're found to have cheated in the postseason, then you should be punished for it. And there should not only be an asterisk next to that Astros 2017 champions, it should just be completely vacated. I mean, more has happened for less in, say, the NCAA, where Louisville lost their championship due to Rick Pitino paying players. Yes, that's cheating, but I would say that isn't even as big, obviously two different sports here, two completely different cases, but I don't even think that has as big an effect as, you know, you know, having this system where you can tell what pitch is going to come on any given at-bat and be able to adjust what you're looking for for that and then win a series because you have home field advantage and you win all four games at home against the Yankees but lose the three that you're on the road. That, you know, hint, hint right there. And then you do the same in the World Series against the Dodgers. You tarnish Clayton Kershaw's reputation as one of the best pitchers of all time because he can't get it done in the playoffs when, in actuality, he got it done up until the World Series and then got shelled because, again, he was throwing to a team that read him like an open book because he basically was. So, honestly, with all of this, I've already ranted enough about how I feel about the Astros on multiple episodes of this, but Rob Manfred hasn't come under fire enough yet, and finally, he has... These faces of his own sport, Mike Trout, Cody Ballinger, today Aaron Judge, all speaking out about how poorly he has handled LeBron James issue. as well today. Wow. He called out Mark Manfred. Cuban, yeah. who said he's happy he wasn't allowed to buy the Texas Rangers or whatever team he was in the bidding for. I would love if Mark Cuban owned the Rangers right now. Can you imagine the angry tweets he would have sent out to his crosstown rival, the Astros, had he been the owner when they were found out for this cheating scandal? That would have been awesome, but at the same time, one owner wouldn't change the course of this. It would have to be the commissioner himself. And right now, I, you know, have become one of those people that just doesn't think Rob Manfred is cut out for this job. And obviously, it takes a select person to get through a controversy like this. But it's so frustrating to me to see this going on right now and have, have feel powerless as a fan because the commissioner is just going to sit there and let it have happened, you know? Yeah, and I mean, we can be angry as Yankees fans, of, as we've said in the past, because this directly affected our playoff hopes and, you know, potential World Series titles, obviously. But as fans of baseball as well, this can get us angry because this sheds such a bad light on the sport. You have a commissioner who is so incompetent that he doesn't realize what actually has been done here. You have not just players of, you know, the most popular players of the own sport condemning the commissioner but also those of other sports that is a horrible horrible look and rob manfred needs to make up for this in a big way 
This they do the same thing in, in you know getting mad about players not getting into the Hall of Fame for PEDs. It's the same thing. If you're gonna call cheating what it is, this is exactly the same type of cheating. You know, cheating is cheating at the end of the day, and it's doing something that brings you up another level against the competition in order to win. So if we're gonna hold guys accountable for doing PEDs especially at a time when most players were as opposed to this where mm. you know it was maybe only let's say two teams in the Astros and the Red Sox we have to hold these teams accountable outside of that i mean look at it this way imagine if i couldn't really think of a basketball example but imagine if in football a quarterback had like a buzzer on him where any time that you know a uh, a rush end was coming at him or was in a specific amount of feet. He got a buzz on him or like mm-hmm. a blink from uh, a blip from his Apple watch or and could like throw. hear the defensive coordinator or could hear plays. the defensive coordinator. Exactly. Yeah. So it would be the same thing. Football fans would be just as mad. And I'm pretty sure Goodell would handle this a lot better. Surprisingly, shockingly. Yeah. The, the commissioner of the NFL speak. would crack down yeah. on it in a much better way than Manfred did. Wow. Imagine so, saying Roger Goodell is better at his job than someone else. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I never saw myself saying that. I mean, we I see, today. we see the complete other extreme of the NFL, you know, coming down on players for using weed and stuff like that, right. which is its own argument. But Manfred did a terrible job in this. He should have suspended actual players too, mm-hmm. because they should, be held accountable, but I also want to bring up the point counterpoint to that that if you had been a player on one of those teams, yes, we all like to think that we would call this out for what it is, but if your whole club and locker room is doing this in agreement, it's kind of tough to be that odd guy out. That's why you give cred to a guy like D'Angelo Russell who goes against the mold in his locker room and, you know, does what's right. Shockingly. Shockingly. Yeah. But, you know, with baseball, this is just a completely – Different idea, and everyone needs to just be in agreement here that this is wrong. What Manfred did was wrong, and I'm pretty sure most people are. And, uh, you know, we got to call it for what it is. Yeah, I mean, Mike Fires was the whistleblower uh, of this whole scandal, and he was a former Astros pitcher. But, again, he didn't call them out during the 2017 win. And, sure, he said that he felt guilty all along about the ring, and that's why he did speak out. But it takes a lot of courage, and also it wasn't – spoken out about by any single player, including Fires, during the actual 2017 World Series champion season. And uh, a couple of other players, um, I think Marvin Gonzalez, who's now on the Twins, again, a guy who's not currently with the Astros organization, did apologize and say said he felt guilty. Uh, I believe he even said he felt he deserved a punishment, or players did in general, but I know for a fact he said he felt guilty about the ring. So... You have players who feel like they're safe enough from the Astros now being on a different team that they can finally speak out about this, but it clearly happened. It clearly affected the result of that postseason, and I think it clearly affected other results throughout that season and future seasons as well. Now, to your point about it being only two teams, we only know for sure that it was one. We know that Alex Cora was linked to the Red Sox after being the bench coach Mm -hmm. for all of this. And that investigation's almost over. Right. But then you, you know, I see on Twitter other people linking the Yankees to a past scandal that never really happened. And it could just be reactionary Astros fans trying to blame other teams. But the one thing I will say is from an unbiased perspective, even though I do truly believe the Yankees have done nothing and, you know, the MLB even said they had seen no reason to look into the Yankees at the time, um, is that this could be happening more than we realized. You know, it took two and a half seasons to realize that the Astros were cheating in the first place. So... 
with that all being said, is this happening somewhere else? You know, is this happening on a, a successful team elsewhere, excuse me, um, who hasn't yet had the whistleblower step up to the plate, you know, pun intended, and speak out about this issue. So it could be more prevalent than we realize just yet. As of right now, I'm choosing to believe that it really just is the Astros who went against the grain and cheated and really ruined the integrity of the sport uh, in a genius way for sure. But regardless, you just there's no place in the sport for that. And that really affected us as Yankee fans and just as baseball fans in general. So long story short, Rob Manfred should strip the title and hopefully do more than that as well. I, I know they said they'd strip, you know, a couple draft picks for the next two years and find them some millions of dollars. I don't really know exactly what the numbers are there, but they deserve a lot bigger sanctions than that yeah. because what is that discouraging? You know, Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, he's still got the team and he will gladly put up five million or whatever and not draft three players, you know, one year just to say, yeah, I won the 2017 World Series. You know, what does it matter that there's no asterisk there? Well, like, there is no asterisk, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't even, I don't necessarily think you take it away. It's a weird thing to take away a title, but definitely the asterisk there that, you know, says that doesn't really count. But you can't just take it away because it's part of the history of the game. Uh, but outside of that, Judge today coming out, and he was on fire. He was fired up about this. I'm excited to see that brawl happen. I think it's going to. No question. And Manfred uh, saying that, you know, it wouldn't be tolerated for hitters to be targeted uh, yeah. by pitchers. I guess he kind of does have to say that because you don't want to tolerate violence in your sport. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's totally going to happen. And honestly, if you – that's the, cons the consequence for you that you pay for doing this, for yeah. knowingly doing this. That's what you're going to have to do. I think Jose Altuve is going to have balls coming out of his actual head this year. Yeah. And, you know, going forward, I don't even care. But beyond that, looking at him potentially being maybe a Hall of Famer someday no. should not ever no. happen, you know? No question, no. There's too much controversy around them uh, in a similar way to the steroid issue. And I just think you can't, at this point in time, allow any of those Astros to get even near Cooperstown Especially Altuve, who I think has the best chance out of all of them. You know, could go on to be a 2,500 hit guy. I, I think he's a little too old at this current pace, if I look at the stats, to hit 3,000. And if he did that, you'd say, well, only so many players have done that in their careers. And basically all of them are Hall of Famers, except for Pete Rose, who, again, controversy surrounding him, and he's not a Hall of Famer because of that. And I think the same would have to happen to Altuve in that circumstance. Was Pete Rose the gambling yeah, yeah, um, and, and and exactly. If you look at this now, like that looks like nothing. And you, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I, Pete Rose should be. Pete Rose really in the Hall should. Of Fame. Yeah, yeah, he should be in the Hall of Fame if uh, the Astros are allowed to keep their title. Yeah. That's how I feel. I feel. Um, that. But finally, uh, before we move on to the next topic, uh, you reminded me of an interesting betting line mm -hmm. <laughs> that uh, was exactly what you said about the Astros getting beamed this coming year you know how many times will they be hit by pitches last year they were hit 65 times and this year's line is going to be like 83 so it's a pretty big increase but at the same time 17 more hit by pitches or 18 more hit by pitches after this crazy yeah. cheating scandal that cost every single al team basically a shot at the title every team you come across was in some way affected you i know? would love to see judge versus altuve he well, would destroy when him. the yankees uh would literally destroy him <laughs> The day they traded for Stanton, 
Um, we should have CC pitch one game. Oh my! Just one goodness. game or and throw an absolute rock. Give him like a bench role, you know, like a like a bench coach or something. Because he I think did he say is. he retired. Yeah. And then for this Astros game, where I remember when Stanton's uh, was traded to the Yankees two years ago, all the reactions were like, "Imagine getting into a brawl against this team." You have. Judge, Stanton, uh, Chapman. We've seen the brawls with yeah. some of these guys. It's the terrifying. at the time wouldn't be there anymore, but all four of those guys are like 6'6 six, six or taller, I think. And then Garrett Cole should body. <laughs> Keep Garrett Cole away. Yeah. We are not risking He's too pretty for that. He's too uh-uh. pretty for that. No way. Even though he's a big body. I too. think it would be like the handsome Squidward effect where you <laughs> smash his face and it just gets even gets, more yeah. beautiful. Exactly. And he pitches even better. He yeah. 25 wins or something. But mm-hmm. yeah. Gary Sanchez wouldn't be afraid to hold somebody back. No, and man. then Luke Voigt, have you seen oh. that guy in the gym? Oh, my goodness. And and apparently he's feeling the best he's ever felt. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, um, I also saw today. Uh, do you have any more baseball quotes? Um, Honestly, I'm just going with the flow here based okay. on what you don't pick up. But as of right now, I'm planning one more NBA. And then, no, I won't do any okay. baseball. So because I also saw today that Brett Gardner, uh, there was a tweet. Someone overheard something at practice where someone was saying, you could literally be out here five more years, and he's like, doesn't sound right. I think I'm going out on top on this year. There in the we fall. go. So, looks like it could be Guardy's last year could after a big dub. Yeah, I think it's happening. I think it's definitely happening this year. I think if we had won in 2017, where he had had a big series for us against the Astros, and it looked like he could, I don't know about being named MVP of that series, but he had played a big role. Um, he was such a hard out every single time he was at the plate. I think he could have retired there. And think about that. That was now two full seasons ago um three postseasons ago if you look at it that way and because of that i mean guardy is getting old but at the same time you know he is still sticking around for that motivation i I think you're right i think he could play for longer than another year but his goal is to go out on top win a championship and this is the year to do so maybe uh, let me hear what you think are the yankees could they be considered a team of destiny in our definition of it after being taken away the chance to win the past two years, you know, 2017 and 18? I, I, I 100% eh. I, I 100% think they are, but part Actually, of me is also like winning this year doesn't it, – like it took something away from us that the uh, Astros had – I almost said the Rockets. Mm-hmm. The Astros had mm-hmm. been found cheating right? because now it's like, okay, now the Yankees only win when there's no obstacles in the way. Like, obviously, that's, you know, beyond the, the point it should have been the case in the past, too. But it's like, we kind of get marred from our victory, even this year, a slight bit. Because, you know, it's like, oh, we can only beat the teams when everything is fair. Like, if we were the super team we are, you know, we should have been able to beat the teams in the past regardless of everything. It's just something that, like, being in Boston, you would hear Red Sox fans bring up. As a stupid yeah, counterpoint, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I 100% think that this is a Team of Destiny type deal. And right, yeah. We're going to be rocking and rolling come the fall. It just seems set up for that. And what I actually meant to say we've been robbed the last three years because I forgot that last year we give up a walk-off homer to Jose Altuve, you know, in Houston on an Aroldis Chapman pitch where it seemed like Altuve was waiting for a specific pitch that whole time. And once again... That no, that was the homer I think where Altuve is like, don't take off my shirt. Mm. I think that was last year. I always get it confused because there was a similar moment in 2017, which was yeah. the World Series year. But regardless, there is so much different controversy surrounding all of this, and it all comes back to series against the Yankees. You know, like mm. I just feel in a similar way to the um, Patrick Mahomes uh, Chiefs team of destiny that I had said a couple months before they won the Super Bowl. 
but in a different way, where Mahomes has been taken away by injury, and I said, he'll come back, he'll take a couple weeks to get ready, and then he's going to roll. And that's what happened. And I think similarly here, we've had something taken away from us, but not a player, you know, instead of ring, really. Or at but, least a chance at one. But even not even a ring. It's wasted time. It's wasted. Uh, yeah, exactly. Salary. Like, salary. like uh, it's, it's a lot more. Service time. You know, and not just to us, to other control. teams, too, yeah. that we're playing against them. To like, the Dodgers, crazy. you know. Yeah. Who you can say directly, you know, were affected by losing in that 2017 World Series. You can't say the Yankees were stripped of a ring because they weren't on that platform yet, even though they looked to be the team that would be there against the Dodgers. But L.A. truly was there. And lost because of it. So, you're right. That's a very good point. In general, uh, every team in the uh, MLB is frustrated at the Astros, including probably rational Astros fans themselves, I think. Mm, I think really the only ones that don't see what's happening here or try to deflect the blame and put it on somebody else are, you know, irrational, reactionary, like I was saying, fans on Twitter who just get ultra-defensive and can't see that you guys did do something wrong. You know, maybe there are other teams. Maybe the Red Sox did cheat with Alex Cora. Maybe the Yankees cheated with Tar- Carlos Beltran coming in, and maybe the Mets planned to cheat with hiring Beltran as their manager. But all of that speculation, you guys, there is hard evidence here. You have to at least accept that, you know, and try to move on from it. But I also have a yeah. special shout-out on the week. Mm-hmm. Maybe minor new segment called Shut Up and Take My Money. Ooh. But Shut Up and Take My Money, Buffalo Wild Wings, for calling out Yes. The Astros for cheating. But then they took down the tweet. Yeah, because they started, Astro or, or, fans started coming at them. Yeah, what, yeah, but yeah, as I a Yankees it. fan, yeah. I'm all for B-dubs. I was always for B-dubs. <laughs> and here I am supporting them even louder this year. I will be at a Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> more often than not because of that tweet. That was awesome. Are they friends of the show? 100%. All right. For, I, on Thursdays, though, <laughs> size up on wings, 100%. That's the uh, half-off boneless. That's, that's the day I'm usually there. It's usually Thursdays, but they changed, I think they changed oh. it up and did you get to go a size up now. Ooh. Yeah. All right, well, regardless. Shout uh, out Buffalo Wild Wings. I would be there with you, and I just don't know if I can because they, took, they didn't take down the tweet. They quote tweeted it and went back on it and apologized to the city of Houston. Ridiculous. I get how big the city of Houston is. It was is. the initial intent. Do it you was know there, how much you know? support you would have received even more so from the city of New York? Yeah. And the city of Boston even and every other. The L.A.? Yeah. <laughs> if you just stuck by it? I mean, you can lose a couple fans in Houston who will probably come back to your shop and your restaurant anyway if you just stuck by that tweet. I, I think... Uh, I'm all right with it. it. Yeah, regardless. Initial intent the was initial there. initial intent was there. And it was a great tweet and a great moment. Uh, that was sadly kind of taken away from me, but in general, good job, B-dubs. Uh, Shut up, B-dubs. Here's a question before your next quote. If uh, I feel like, you know, recently you've taken over the WZBC uh, social media, specifically the Twitter account. Mm, You're doing mm. a great job at that. Thank you. you know? Please follow, um, by the way. Yeah, guys. definitely, guys. Follow WZBC I mean, Sports. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's uh, the handle. BC Senior Quotes as well on Twitter. You know, get those plugs in there. Uh, Aiden Browder, ah, never mind. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, if you could... Yeah, it's Sports. Follow that account, please. Yeah. And thank you. It's run by yours truly. If you could manage one Twitter account of uh, mm. like any team, any company, anywhere, what comes to mind first? Hmm. I, I have like a couple. Should um, we do mini Mount Rushmore of this real quick? Let's try it. Okay. Uh, um, off the top, I the personal one, I would want the Knicks account okay. because yeah, yeah. I would play into the fan experience and call out for how bad we are at times, know. but in a funny way. Because the Knicks accounts sometimes just show, like, 
we're doing good or like you bounce back and it's like no there is no bounce back yeah so i think that's my first one okay i um you know from the surface i see most vocal as a nets fan mm. but i'm most active or at least in the past i've been most active with yankees twitter mm. and so i would gladly take on the new york yankees account mm. and i think you know i would i would take a similar approach to what they have currently where it's not so flashy maybe once in a while but they're just very you know we we get our job done on the field and we'll talk about it a little bit but we're just gonna leave it there and i think i could play that role well i'm trying to think now of the companies though that have been just firing out these takes and like but i'm a little stuck so if you want to just do back and forth and you know instead of a serpentine go for it um cheat code here the official twitter account oh so if you follow the twitter account you're getting whatever i send at you right that'd be kind of fun okay I, i do like that I'm trying. Oh, I got my next one. I literally just had to open the timeline to see it. Give me the state of New Jersey. Oh, good account. account. Great. They account. have been awesome so far, and I feel like I could hopefully keep that up. And uh, in general, just representing the entire state of New Jersey would be pretty fun for me. So I'll take them. Uh, my next one. Next. Um, I think I'm gonna go. Ooh, this one's tough. Let me think. Um, I think I would do fan of the show Quinn Kiernan's account oh. because that would be pretty funny and he'd get really annoyed at whatever I tweet at him right? or tweet about him from his perspective. So that's going to be my third one. I'm glad you're uh, taking this the same way as I want to because I'm not saying like who do you want to tweet the same as. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. you could take control of the account because I was going to say my third pick if I was you know able to keep up the same – you know, quality of uh, tweets as mm. currently mm. would be PFT commentary. Okay. That's but I, mean. I know I couldn't do that. Yeah. You know, but who I could do and would love to be, mm. and this will be a two-parter, Woj slash Adam Schefter. Ooh, those are good ones. I would love to be ones. one of those guys. It's not a company per se. It's just a job really, but mm. everyone from a specific sport following you and you being the first to know about every single transaction. I mean, I would love to do that. So that's my third. Okay. I think my last one... I don't know. This could oh done. Got it. Donald J. Trump. Oh, I would tweet so many funny things from Trump's account, even though he already has funny stuff. But I would just make it even more ridiculous and see what I would be entertained by seeing what people on both sides would say about what I tweet. I love it. Uh, my slash. One. If I get a two part on that, Bernie Sanders, because yeah. I think I could get Bernie like a million followers <laughs> in like one week Does just he, by tweeting and yeah, retweeting yeah. random stuff, or just acting like Larry David took it over for yeah. a week, Ooh, or, or taking idea. Larry David's that's and acting like Bernie Sanders, just doing like. It sounds good. I think the Larry David doing Bernie yeah. Sanders account would be awesome. Yeah. Okay, so my final one, which kind of inspired this, I think, not Buffalo Wild Wings, but. Wendy's? Yeah, I was thinking about Wendy's too. And again, I'm not going to tweet exactly what they're tweeting now, but I know that they're a company that allows the PR, or specifically the Twitter team, to just go do whatever. It's all good press, you know, Mm. unless you cross a line, but they haven't, you know. They'll go at uh, opposing companies and get customers through that, and I would kind of love to do that, you know, Mm. especially hiding behind the Wendy's logo and just the Wendy account. I I think that would be hilarious. So that, that would be my final pick. So yeah, sounds good. Yeah, All right. so that was good. That was a fun impromptu little segment. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. There you go. We're, we we can act on the fly. <laughs> you never know what's planned and what's not on this show. But all right, Jack, to your first quote finally. All right, I'll go to the NBA, and we had All Star Weekend, so that's kind of where I'm coming from here. And here it is: 
It's very special. I had a relationship with him. Words can't explain how happy I am to be able to put that trophy in my room mm. and just be able to see his name on there. Uh, this is what I thought before even the word trophy came mm. up. But regardless, this is Kawhi Leonard, the Kobe Bryant Award winner of the All-Star Game, you know, mm. the MVP, and obviously talking about his relationship with Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh, Kobe, or excuse me, Kawhi won the MVP. He also, was crazy. shout out us for calling the MVP being. I, although it's not oh, the yeah. official MVP, yeah. we did say the MVP should become the Kobe Award. Yep. And I'm hoping eventually it just becomes known as the Kobe for the All Star Game. And it, it, this it is a better way to do it uh, yeah. than we had planned. But again, same premise. We're going to take credit for it. I think naming the MVP, the actual MVP, the Kobe Award, would be great. Yeah. But they've done it now already with the All-Star Game, which yeah. is obviously an event that came up so soon after his tragic passing, and it was entirely dedicated to him with the jersey numbers and the big tribute before the game tipped off. So with all that happening, this should just stay the standard, that the Kobe Bryant Award is now the All-Star Game MVP. And That's perfectly and fine. are we going to keep the 24? No. I, I don't... The 24 and the 2s? Like, are you saying... Like, no, no, the no, not numbers? the jerseys. The format of the game itself. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like, that's weird. I don't know. Like, yes, I want that because yeah. the game itself was so awesome this, this weekend. This is the most intense. It's been the most, most intense. Most watchable. Yeah. Most watchable All-Star game in any sport. Yes. It yeah. was easily the best All-Star game ever. And the one of the... Honestly, one of the best games yeah. total that I may have watched because we were watching all-star athletes playing with yeah, each other exactly. at their best playing level, and we got some really cool stuff out of it. So I don't know how they necessarily, if they want to keep uh, you know, honoring Kobe in that way. It's just kind of a weird thing because it seems like a one-time deal. No. But like a one-time deal in that the honoring of Kobe was a one-time deal, I don't mm. think it should be a one-time deal. But... I don't know, maybe they just play until you hit a certain score from here on and out. It can be 24. Yeah. You know, I think everything stays the same except for the 24 and the 2 on the jerseys. Yeah, 100%. Everything else, sense. dedicate the first three quarters to different charities or to the same two competing cha- uh, charities. I think they were like boys and girls clubs. Yeah. And you for whatever city kids. you were playing in. Yeah, that's, and you that's had really those cool. kids sitting in the stands going crazy. Yeah. They were the ones motivating the rest of the crowd. You never see that crowd engagement at these games because mm-hmm. no one usually cares. It but was awesome. Instead, you have. Players competing for a good cause, and most importantly, like you were hinting at, we've never seen in any sport, you know, sort of in the MLB, because you don't half-ass an all-star game, you know, you're just playing baseball Mm -hmm. as you usually do, but even then, it's kind of, I'm just going to throw a junk ball out here, I know I'm pitching for an inning, you know, I might try to mow you down, but I also might let you Mm -hmm. hit one out. Um, In basketball, they're just usually throwing crazy lobs, and sure, that's kind of cool to watch on like bleacher board and the, the thing day is later. we get that anyway yeah. because these guys are playing at the best of their ability right. as the stars they are so the it's still we still got a ton of awesome yeah. offense we've been in the but era, now we got yeah, the yeah, defense yeah. to match right because we've been in the era of the super team we've seen you know lebron james's heat take on tim duncan and Kawhi leonard's spurs and we've seen some crazy matchups the warriors against the Cavs. Mm-hmm. all of that awesome but again that's only three superstars versus two superstars or whatever and while they make up for some great games, what we got to see on Sunday were teams of 12 or 13, whatever it is, of the best players in the NBA playing at 100% because they knew, first of all, that they would look like terrible people, you know, if uh, they weren't trying and they were playing for a great cause like this. Mm-hmm. And you, you could kind of see that in the first quarter. We saw a couple of lobs and a couple of lackluster defense, and it felt like it was going to be the same kind of all-star game, but it was kind of close. 
And we got back from dinner, I think, during the second quarter where Kawhi couldn't miss from three. He was like six for seven at the time. I think he finished like nine for 11 or something yeah. crazy. Uh, 30 points total. Yeah, he was insane. Giannis was insane. Chris Paul was a leader out there. And I was even saying, because I, I don't even believe he should have made the All-Star team still. Yeah. Uh, but he put on a show... And I'm so glad he was named to it after seeing his performance. Yeah, I mean, know? down the stretch, the Chris Paul Kemba duo playing out there was Terrible was pick. kind of like all right. Well, but in the stretch, you should not. I mean, if you're again really strategizing to win this game, which it seemed like they were, why is? I mean, I think Giannis was out there, but they left their tall like Siakam. I think. Well, it was. the main argument was that Chris Paul and Kemba were playing over Trey Young and Luca, who everyone would have wanted Luka to see more. There. But the argument I saw was that we don't know how many more All Star games oh. Chris Paul and Kemba are going to be able That's to right. actually play. So you know, let these guys play with their buddies. Let these guys get their time to shine. Yeah. We're going to see, you know, every year from here on out, Trey Young and Luka Doncic in the All-Star. Right, but you weren't even thinking about buddy-buddy during this game. You were mm. thinking about two teams yeah. that, you know, they weren't representing the Eastern and Western Conferences. Obviously, they were just Team LeBron, Team Giannis. But they were representing something. They were representing the different boys and girls clubs. You mm. know, that's what they were playing for. And you felt like that was even more important to them than their teams. You know, I saw more yeah. effort from them than I do during a regular season game. And I think renaming the MVP, the Kobe, also gives you something to play yeah. for even more so because it's an honor and a tribute to Kobe Bryant. Yep. So really, really great stuff going on. Uh, also, there, There's a commissioner who knows what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Shout out Adam Silver once again. Be, yeah. Beyond this, I think I was talking with maybe Dan about this, but the fact that we get to see these generational players – Actually going full speed, like, not just everyone out there, but, like, the older guys against the younger guys. Like, how we got to see LeBron versus Giannis leading teams at, you know, the height of them being these captains. And that's something that, you know, you used to love to see Kobe play Jordan. You used to love to see Kobe play uh, LeBron. Mm -hmm. Now we get to see, you know, fully... In an all-star game atmosphere, guys going at it who you know are a generation apart, and it's really, really awesome to see. No question. Uh, one more thing that I did realize when you mentioned specifically Trey Young, Luka Doncic, mm. they had just played the Rising Stars game two yeah. months before, and while the same effort level, in my opinion, just wasn't there, they were coming off of you know a big basketball game on a national stage, uh, and I think that was also a theory as to why neither of those guys were out there. Down the stretch no, in the fourth quarter. They, they didn't outplay R.J. Barrett, though. Yeah. That's, or, or Miles Bridges. Who Which is kind of sad. Yeah. But, yeah, but <laughs> R.J. had seven more points. Hey. But, again, like, it's kind of disappointing. This is just my mini Knicks rant in here. Yeah. That once R.J. actually has talent around him, this is what he looks like. Yeah. And, like, him playing with the Knicks is just nothing like this. But, again, it was against lackluster defense. Also, uh, in terms of our Twitter sphere, mm. I ran a poll do you think the NBA All-Star Game should be decided by a foul shot? Because Ooh. this was a big topic of conversation. Yeah. We had a couple votes, seven votes, not too much. I got it out late today. I don't think I got it in. Yeah. yeah, so 71% said yes, 29% no. Really? All right, yeah. count me in as a no vote. So. I'm a, so I voted yes. Okay. The only reason why I say that is because, yes, it's, it is exciting to, you know, win on that real play. Uh down the stretch, I I know we were thinking LeBron might dunk it to win it or something like that. Or he took that long three from virtually half court but and at, almost won it. Yeah, and I mean those things can happen in the in the yeah. realm of the game. But 
when you're looking at this, you know, we just talked about how this, how much this All-Star game looked like a normal basketball game. That's true. And end of the day, foul shots are part of that. Fouling yeah. intentionally is part of that. And I think down the, you, I, this is something that I personally held with me when I used to play basketball was that if you're losing a game based on a foul shot, there was so much other stuff leading up to that right. where you should have won. Don't where you should have made yeah. your foul shots earlier even. Right. Because we watched, you know, even Anthony Davis on that last foul shot missed the first mm-hmm. one. So, I don't know. I think it should stay. I think it should be a part of it. There's no need to make special rules. I say well, keep it the way it is. All right, so on the contrary... I think this is the All-Star game. We're already playing with special rules. And this isn't even... I don't think I've said this yet, but it was an idea I had from the moment it happened, was why don't you take a rule from pickup basketball? And, you know, we've been playing a ton of NBA blacktop, three-on-threes, and one of the rules in there is if there's a shooting foul, you just give the team the ball back. So why don't you just do that? avoid any foul shots maybe it can just be the fourth quarter because sure that feels a little more like pickup and less like an actual game but at the same time if you're playing to a set score that's already not you know professional basketball you know that's that's all-star game basketball that's pickup basketball so if that's the case every point matters and i don't want any of those crucial points to be coming on a free throw instead i want them to come on a, on a three-point shot like LeBron took, which I thought was destined to go in from basically the logo, if not further. And I just remember holding my breath and thinking, there it is, that's the shot, it's going to win it. And it rims out disappointingly, you know, and of course they still won, it was no big deal. But on an Anthony Davis free throw where they were one point away, you know, he has two shots, and it just felt so anticlimactic, especially considering he missed the first shot and just waited there, got the ball back, hit the second, game over. So I just think if you get rid of shooting fouls, meaning free throws, if you just give the ball back and wait till they have to make a shot, that would be better. That would be another more entertaining move. But in general, not much that needs to be done, if any, to change this All-Star game. This is the best we've seen. Awesome. You know, period. This is the best All-Star game I've ever watched in any sport. But the other... other my one last argument to keeping the foul shot is just as Anthony Davis was the one to do it in his home city of Chicago, I think going forward, if you have a guy in there and this is part of the game, it can become a special moment if it's guys last season on a farewell tour type deal. Mm. Let's say LeBron is playing his last all-star game. He has the ball in his hands, gets intentionally fouled, gets that moment to go to the line. Gets intentionally fouled, though. I, 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 get the cheers and then great win the game. All. But then that takes away from the whole point that this All-Star game felt like a competitive, must-win atmosphere from both sides. If you're just fouling to give them a moment. No, 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 not to fans, give them a moment. It's just the team that would be getting fouled yeah. makes sure the ball is in yeah, that person's hands I in get order that, to get that. I guess, but then I'm just saying fourth quarter only, the specific quarter where you're playing to a set number, where it's not just time-based, get rid of shooting fouls. You know, Just give the ball back. And then... There you go. More shots taken. Uh, an actual buzzer beater feeling. You know, of a mo- it's, obviously it's not against the time. It's just a game winner. But that's the moment we would have felt if, again, if LeBron had hit that shot or if there were a couple other chances yeah. from AD, Kawhi even. And they all felt like they were going to go in. And if they did, we'd have a bigger celebration. You know, people just kind of went over to AD and hugged him and jumped on him, but just didn't feel the same. So what about this? Keep, keep it the way it was. Uh-huh. But... Instead of the rising, or not the rising stars, because that's cool. Yeah. Instead of the skills challenge, because that's whatever. Like I, I like, like it. People, like, guys have skills, I guess. But, yeah. like, 
give the actual stars something to do that first night and do a king of the court challenge. Whoa. No shooting fouls in that. Mm. It's just, you know, give the ball back. So Winner that, of king of the that court. That feels very stays and that would be That's cool. cool. To watch, that'd right? be really fun. But uh, my only thing is, you know, if this was a, you know, normal rules basketball game completely, because obviously they've already altered it a bit, and everyone's been there for it. I loved it. I loved everything they did about it. Um, but so if they're already adapting rules, this isn't a normal NBA regular season game. You know, the referees even understood that and realized they actually had to referee it a little bit stricter than they probably expected to. But with all that being said, you can change one more rule like that, and I think everybody would be here for it. Yes, it feels more like pickup, but at the same time, that's what we were basically watching with that same, you know, street ball intensity that we were seeing from these players. So as a whole, I think that would work in this situation. But as a whole, great job by the NBA. I love the All-Star weekend as a whole this year. A little bit of controversy with the uh, dunk contest. That could be another quote of yours later. I'm not exactly sure, but we'll, we'll get to that. I have an NBA quote of my own, though. Um, the hint, I guess, is that this doesn't have to do with, uh, the All-Star Weekend. Instead, it's, I'd say, eh, which, which part of this do I want to go with? I don't want to be too obvious, but let's see. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. This was the right time for me to run for a leadership position. Okay. Uh, Kyrie, the VP of Players Association? Yep. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good there. So... You tell me what you think about this. I'm wearing my Kyrie shirt. I, I thought it'd be kind of a cool one to throw in because, well, I have a take on it, but I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, it was kind of shocking to me just because, you know, around the league it's kind of known, especially in light of the Celtics situation, even the Cavs situation with Kyrie, that he was kind of a uh, locker room cancer with players. So, you know, that was kind of weird to me. And then in terms of, like, uh his actual <laughs> business savvy and smarts. Uh, this is a guy that was for so long talked about him thinking the earth was flat. And this is like a very intellectual position. So I was kind of confused by it, but at the same time, I know a lot of players do have love for Kyrie. A lot of stars do a lot of respect in the league. I mean, he's still regarded as one of the top guards, regardless of what any, no pun intended, regardless of what, anyone says a good one. and uh yeah so i'm okay with it it was just it was a bit of a shock at first but i get it look it was shocking to me reading it as well but this is a position that's voted on by the players themselves mm. you know this is a position that people Zero around Celtics the nba <laughs> maybe but what i'm gonna say as well we you know you even said it yourself uh Kyrie's considered to be a locker room cancer but at the same time you know that i think is just such a media pushed story um, to the same way that we were saying the Knicks mess everything up, mm. that's still a media push story. They pick and choose, you know, moments from whatever's happening, and you know, focus on maybe James Dolan kicking Charles Oakley out uh, above something else that might be going on yeah. that season. It's picked by the media. I mean, and recently, uh, not as much. I do think the one instance that felt kind of real was the Celtics one because there was a lot. Lot of talk by like from direct players, but I was gonna say, I don't remember the I remember players directly. There was a lot, I remember I like followed it super close because I thought he may be coming to right. the mix. Then, like, there were actual players being like, This is awful, 
Yeah, so... And also, Bill Simmons, who I, admittedly is a Celtics guy. Yeah, I was about to say, there's and, bias And, you know, there. there is bias. Had actual quotes, comments, and actual players and people and personnel from the Celtics because he has those connections who reiterated very similar sentiments. Well, because I'm seeing, you know, <clears throat> the first one I'm seeing is the, like, Mood Swings article from Jackie McMullen, who's a Boston journalist. Mm. But that was shot down immediately by the Nets when they brought him in because that was actually a report about Brooklyn, that they connected yeah. to Boston, and Jack McMullen had a whole piece, again, trying to take down Kyrie. Uh, and, I, and I agree with you there. I don't think it is necessary. I think it is more so the media pushing it in other realms, like even with the Cavs. I, I think that it maybe it had just been a comment about having to play with LeBron that got blown out of proportion, as well as, you know, people hating on the Nets with that, uh, you know, acquiring Kyrie. But... With the Celtics, I felt like that was the more genuine one. Mm. But that instance, yeah, like obviously right. it's just kind of pushed an agenda. I just saw another one where it was saying something about Kyrie only talking to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum if he was yelling at the young duo. Look, that sounds terrible. Then I saw who said it. It was neither of them. It was another Boston-based journalist after the move had been made to Brooklyn. My only thing here, because I for one am in full support of Kyrie. Mm. I've been frustrated only at the fact that he's been hurt all the time. You know, mm-hmm. he just had another resurfacing of his shoulder injury, and he's going to be out for the foreseeable future again. Yep. That's really frustrating, even in a season where we didn't expect to go too far in the playoffs, if at all, with KD hurt. But in terms of character, seeing him receive this position, right, winning this election, is so impressive because of the people that are voting on it. It's not... Mm-hmm higher-ups in the NBA that say, Kyrie's got leadership skills. Which, to be fair, that would be more questionable with the stories we always hear. Instead, it's coming straight from the source. I'm happy to hear that. And one more thing I was thinking about, if I remember correctly, is Chris Paul is still the president of the MBPA. He's another guy that the media has pushed isn't the best in the locker room. But look at him now in OKC as a veteran who I expected to have a similar path to maybe Iggy Dalla with the Grizzlies, where John Morant spoke out about good riddance, I, we don't need you here, you didn't want to be here. Chris Paul could have done that with this team that had just acquired 20 first-round picks or whatever it was and didn't really care about the season. Well, guess what? He got Shea Gilgis to play at pretty much all-star level. Mm. He is actually playing at all-star level, according well, to the voters, and now they're in the playoff. Line. My thing is with Chris Paul, I do kind of believe he is that kind of a jerk and he seems because I, I've, I didn't I've, like I've it, se- it seems like it and countless players have said stuff about Chris Paul that's right but yeah I think in that case it's more of a change of heart because the mm-hmm. team was not expected to be good he was that he should have been kind of that main guy <clears throat> and because he is older now is like okay I'll be that veteran it's my star. last chance kind of thing I get that okay. but with the Clippers the argument was he had the talent in Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan around him could never get it done the Rockets it's all iso ball right and that, that just wasn't <clears throat> you're competing with James Harden that's frustrating to be in order to win when technically you're supposed to be winning based upon the talent on that team right so both of those situations I think were different I think now here he is where he can step in and be a veteran star, kind of play a cool-headed game in his last couple of years mm. and still remain to be a pretty solid star. Right. So the final point I have then, if he has had a change of heart, the same can happen if hasn't already with Kyrie. 100 assuming, assuming that he even has been this locker room <clears throat> cancer in the past. If all those Celtic stories are true, which, yes, there are multiple sources. I'm not saying they aren't. I'm just saying I didn't find in my quick search there 
a Jason Tatum quote or a Jalen Brown. And I know it would look bad on them too if they said something outright. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't look good commenting on a former <clears throat> teammate and current player. Usually you kind of wait till after retiring to say something, a la Ray Allen about yeah. everybody. But And again, Jalen Brown, another guy who said, I'm going to be a future MBPA president. I remember that from a couple years ago. I really liked Jalen Brown. I don't think, I think he probably had a big vote in this, a big say, and was cool with it. Obviously, a younger guy doesn't have the same experience. Yeah, I mean, we we don't know for sure. No, we don't, yeah. But at the same time that, excuse me, we condemn the Boston media for blowing things out. I mean, Boston's just crazy when it comes to sport, and and they can never be wrong. But (laughs) in the same vein as that, we need to look that Kyrie is also in Brooklyn now in New York sports media. And because Kyrie hasn't, played all year because he hasn't lived up to the expectation solely of this year because he hasn't played and has been injury prone the new york media is going to find a way to spin it no to question. make it seem like he is this way so no question it could just be that too and 100 percent, it could be a change of heart i do think Kyrie likes playing for the nets a lot more than the celtics or even the Cavs. Mm. so i think it is a good fit i think it was again just a bit of a shock and a yeah. reevaluation of where Kyrie's at was all it really takes to kind of understand who he is as this new VP. He is replacing Paul Gasol, but I was going to say, it's interesting that they go with point guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Powell, obviously, but with Chris Paul and Kyrie. You know, they are seen as the field generals, you know, of yeah. the court, kind of like the quarterback of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's cool that that is who they go to as, you know, facilitators, not only on the court, but now of working with the MBPA to get what they want in terms of the union with the NBA. So I, I think that that's just an interesting tidbit that I noticed. But as a whole, I don't think the MBPA, it, it's not a big deal to be the vice president specifically, because there is a huge deal just being part of the MBPA as a whole. But regardless, as a Nets fan, looking at you know Kyrie's relationship and connection with the Nets, I, I hope that this is showing that he can be a leader and maybe mm-hmm. can turn a new leaf if he has been cancerous in the past. And I'm sure any Boston fan listening right now is saying he totally has been, and that's fine. I just want him to mesh with this team, and I hope that he does once he's fully healthy and KD is as well. But for the time being, he'll be doing his job off the court now as vice president and not playing on the court, it seems. But mm. that's for another day. Uh, it is 8 o'clock, but we do have we a couple more late. minutes. Yeah. We did come in late. So I think this would be your... Second. Second quote. So that'll be our last one for the day. I've, I've, my other NFL one is fairly short anyway, so we can... We can run off. both years. I, I'm cool with that. All, All right. right, so here's the first one. My feelings about the 2020 season. I look forward to the grind and the journey for the reward at the end will be worth it. Uh, Love it? you, hashtag Houdat Nation. Let's oh, make another run it. Yeah, I got it. Don't worry. This is Drew Brees coming back for the 2020 season with the Saints. Yeah, so potential farewell tour. Yeah. Beyond this, I mean, happy to see Drew Brees back. Still battling against Brady as the two old heads of the league, the two boomers. Yeah. And, you know, he wants to keep that title away from Brady. Yeah. Uh, Brady has a good shot at keeping it. We're going to see where Brady ends up as well. But outside of this, there's a quarterback dilemma for the backup, either Taysom Hill or Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Hill being more likely to stay Mm. because Bridgewater may be looking at some fairly lucrative contracts. He went 5-0 as a starter for this season with the Saints and <clears throat> may actually could be a starter for a team totally. potentially. Uh, but yeah, and then we have Hill, who's a, literally a quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, special teams threat, yeah. and is said to be a future franchise quarterback potentially 
with only 15 passes thrown, yeah, including the playoffs. And <clears throat> but again, beyond that, Drew Brees finished last season with the best passer rating of his career, had a 13 and three record. He was December's Offensive Player of the Month. Just as we say that Brady, uh, honestly, not even a hot take. Drew Brees still has it way more than Tom Brady does currently. Yeah, yeah. He's also <clears throat> definitely aging, definitely looking a bit older, yeah. a little bit slower. No, I mean, that Vikings game in the playoff, you know, kind of got shown that he was a lot older, just like we had seen in Brady in the playoffs in the first round. Right. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm still a fan, obviously, of Drew Brees, and I think he still gets it done, especially in the system he would stay in here with New Orleans, and obviously they will give him that starting job as long as he wants to play. Uh, my thing is, look for the possibility of the Saints not having either Hill or Bridgewater as a backup come 2020, because I don't think Bridgewater fits their timeline. Um, if the Saints want a QB of the future... I'd expect them to draft one, not this year, but probably next year, especially if Breeze just doesn't work out and he does look a little slower like Brady did this year. Mm. Um, so Bridgewater, I think, is gone. Unrestricted free agent. He's going to want that payday, like you said. The Saints can't afford that. They have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas coming up on new contracts soon. There's other players that fit into that team as well. Um, Marcus Lattimore or Marshawn. I always get it wrong. It's uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Mm -hmm. I always forget. But the awesome corner uh, that they have. I think. I'm going to have to fact check all this now. But regardless, they have multiple pieces that need to come back. So I don't think they're going to pay big money for Bridgewater, who originally signed there as a prove-it deal. And in a perfect system where Drew B's got hurt, Bridgewater was already there as a backup, steps in, shows he can still get it done. Now he's going to get that money as a potential starter elsewhere. You know, kind of a Tannehill-like deal. As for Taysom Hill, restricted free agent. That means, I believe... That he can be matched. Can it might, be. Is yeah. it, so it is the same system match. as the NBA? Yeah. Okay. Uh, regardless, he's going to get some money too. I just don't know if he's deserving of it yet. He's dynamic. He works so well in Sean Payton's offense, which he set up yeah. you know, for Taysom Hill to succeed. He is in. almost 30 too. That was what I was going to say. He will be 30 before opening day, You know, week one of the 2020 NFL season. He's 29 now, turns 30 in August. So with that being said... Neither of these guys should get a long-term deal if you know they want to be paid anything more than as a backup quarterback. In, in Taysom Hill's case, I don't think he even deserves backup QB money just yet. However, I do think that one, if not both of them, could go on to be great players elsewhere. You know, my thought though is there are QB needy teams that would take a chance on these two players. The Saints are anything but that. They have Drew Brees right now, and they should invest in a younger player, not a 30-year-old to be sitting behind Drew Brees. Honestly, yeah, draft a quarterback this year. It doesn't have to be a first-rounder because you will not be picking too high as the Saints. They'll be in the 24-ish region. Just take a chance in the second, third round and groom him behind Drew Brees mm -hmm. and have him step in and take a chance. That is how you should do this. Sean Payton is a QB whisperer to an extent. He will you know, make them work similar to how he's made Taysom Hill and Bridgewater look great, not just Drew Brees. So with all that being said, that's what I would do as the GM. And I think that's what Sean Payton and the Saints should do in terms of quarterbacks. Don't re-sign Hill. Don't re-sign Bridgewater. All right. And then one more. I <laughs> know. Uh, like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> last NFL quote. I might have offended them by telling them that. If it's the blank, I think I'd pull on a blank on that one. I said you've got a chance to do that. Bit of a tough one. 
Well, one more time, please. Is it the same word for those two blanks? No. Mm-hmm. I might have offended them by telling them that if it's filling a team. I think I'd pull a blank on that one. I said you've got a chance to do that. Um, can I get the position of the player talking, assuming he's a player? Uh, yeah, he doesn't play anymore, but quarterback. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, huh. Rivers didn't retire, did he? No. It's okay, I can't. Because I was going to say, it could have been like Rivers and the Bucks or something. I have no clue here. I'll say, ah, uh, like, no, I have no clue. I'll say, like, Peyton, Eli. Oh, <laughs> well, Eli's one of the Because I was going to say, it yeah. sounds like pulling Eli on that. Yeah, Oh, wait, Eli. hold on. Ah, it is a former quarterback talking about a team in Eli. I don't, I don't know. It has to be, like, a, I just go for it. So, the team is the Bengals, and I pull an so Eli. Like about Joe Burrow. And it's Steve Barkowski on Joe Burrow, okay. who, you know, he literally only had three winning seasons out of the 11 with the Falcons when he played. And I'm sure he wishes he could go back and hold some leverage and go to a better team. And that's what we're seeing with Burrow. Burrow winning the national championship and the Heisman has the potential to be a really strong quarterback candidate. We don't know how he'll play in the NFL for sure. But as of right now, he is that top talent. The Bengals have already committed to drafting him. If you're Burrow, real quick, what do you think? Are you trying to force a trade or do you want to win with the Bengals? Because it comes to also, you know, not retaining so many injuries that you can't play anymore. Right. Like being on a team that's, you know, it's what happened to Archie Manning too. Yeah, no, I would just say Joe Burrow's an Ohio guy. You know, while he has been awesome, you know, in the Bayou playing for LSU and mm. probably would love to be that Saints backup. That's what I was thinking too, up. yeah. That'd be dope. But just to be the number one pick and add your name into that group, you know, that historic group. And the money that comes with it. And the it. money that comes with it because that's how the scale works for rookie contracts mm-hmm. is where you're picked. Not only being in the first round gets you that fifth-year option, but now if you're the first overall pick, you're getting the most money. That's just how it works, and I love that. And Burrow should love that too because that means, you know, more than anything, as, especially as a young player who's looking to get their first paycheck, in a league that doesn't pay well under, you know, the first couple rounds of the NFL draft. So as a quarterback, nothing to worry about money-wise. As a fit with the Bengals, I mean, if Andy Dalton is retained, learning something from him could be interesting. I think the Bengals would definitely start Burrow over Dalton. They would probably make a little bit of drama in QB camp just to keep people guessing or in a preseason. And you know, But regardless, you would want Burrow out there week one. Mm. I, At least for the fans. Appease the fans yeah, again on that quarterback. But you know? I don't think A.J. Green's coming back. So the Pats I, are looking at him. Right yeah, now. and I guess he'd just be throwing to like Auden Tate. I you got Joe Mixon to take some pressure off you at definitely, but even he's not the most receiving back. You know he's very just rushing. He doesn't. Gio Bernard is usually a receiving back, and he might be a free agent at this point. He's been there so long. Mm. I don't know. I I just think Burrow bites the bullet uh, to get a little alliteration in there to end this. But as a whole, you just take this chance on the Bengals. You hope that they can build around you in the four or five years you're contracted. You know to them. I think yeah. I think that works. And. After that's said and done, you know, they might franchise tag you. You might force your way out, similar to other players do. But you'll probably love it there and get a huge payday anyway. Like, but that's just about, how it's worked. Think about the following two teams that could potentially use him. It's like the yeah. Detroit Lions with Patricia. I think that'd be kind of interesting to watch. Oh, I Or mean, even, you know, Miami with Brian Flores would be awesome. Right. But I think Flores could really do some magic with Burrow. I, I would personally love him there. 
I think him learning from Stafford would be really cool too. Mm-hmm. As a fan, both situations make more sense, but just realistically, it's probably going to be the Bengals. No way the Bengals find any deal worth trading down from picking your franchise quarterback. And from what I've seen from Burrow, especially these last couple of months, I think there's no doubt in my mind that he can be that guy for this struggling franchise. And that's usually the one player that turns the corner. Uh, my concern is just can they put enough pieces around him quickly enough? Mm-hmm. They should have a ton of salary room, uh, salary cap, space, whatever. Uh, they are just not paying anyone anymore, especially if AJ Green goes and walks. So with that being said, they can find, you know, hopefully some offensive linemen or, you know, some young guys in the draft that could be dynamic wide receivers. Maybe get Justin Jefferson to join them or Randy Moss's son, who I'm blanking on his name. But all those guys, they're dope. Uh, that that actually might be my recommendation. Build an LSU-like team around mm. Burrow yeah. in Cincinnati because that's the system that worked. You have a young coach there who either could be fired or could just adapt to a new style. And as a whole, Burrow should just take a chance on it because he really has no say. You know, He's just going to be picked and has to play there. Or he tries to pull an Eli Manning. I yeah. guess that's possible. But and it, it worked out for just, Eli in the long it's run, It's funny. Honestly. It's been so long since then. And I feel like the rules have just changed since then. There's been multiple CBAs since then. So I just don't even know if it is possible. But if it is, you know what? I will say... Go try to pull an Eli. I want to see how that would work in today's day and age. Uh, I think Twitter would have a field day with it. I would have a field day with it. I'd love to see how it breaks down. And if he ended up in Miami, that would be so cool. So I would love Burrow in Miami. That, I'll actually say, is what I would recommend the most. But what I believe will happen is he stays in Cincy. They try to build around him. And I think it could actually work. Uh, they just need some other pieces to help out. So, real quick, we actually just hit the hour spot anyway because we started kind of late. So, Bachelor recap to end the show real quick. So, basically, we're at Hometowns Week. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting for so long. We had Kelsey, Victoria F., uh, Hannah Ann, and Madison. Yep. So, first of all, Kelsey, you know, it was kind of a bland vanilla, you know, yeah. just all right. Uh, and then we had... Hannah Ann went went to her house. You know, her dad was the one who was like, I don't want you saying these things. And that always happened. So it was Hannah Ann who locked that one down. Uh, Madison was great, great visit. I thought that her dad and family kept it real while also hoping that she would be the one he picked to show that he truly yeah. loved her. And then Victoria F. was a train wreck. <laughs> we had a random blurred face girl who was part of Peter's past oh, yeah. who said shouldn't trust her. We all kind of thought that. By we, I mean all the fans have thought pretty much that Victoria F. was trouble from the start. And we all thought, what are you doing, Peter? But Peter kind of sucks when it comes to Victoria F. And kept her around yet again Crazy. at the end instead of Kelsey. But again, Kelsey kind of vanilla and kind of bland. So Meh. whatever, I guess Victoria F. keeps things exciting. And they seem to have some fun when they're around each other. But, you know, nothing long term. But mm. the storyline that Peter in the finale which we have talked about on the show, may be falling for the producer, which I kind of like and is a true spin on things. Could be some true love involved. True. I kind of like it. But last night, late at night, I was scoping the Instagram verse when I came across said producer. Mm. And I saw New Year's Eve picture with it's definitely Peter in the background turned away, which is kind of obvious that like, He's intentionally turned away. Like, why would she not have, like, made him in that picture? Like, it's like a picture where he's low-key in the picture, but, like, 
is also trying if to she hide was just a producer, picture, he should have yeah. just turned around. Yeah. With Hannah B also saying, "I totally approve" in the comments, right? And <clears throat> as well as the weird start of the season where uh, Peter in the comments said, "Let's go find that girl." With her picture with him, where it's yeah. like Pilot Pete takes off, that kind of sounds like Peter being yeah, a low key, yeah, like yeah. you're that girl. Yeah. I'm gonna go find her, and that's part of his journey. So we're gonna see. I think that because it's a rumor. Yeah. yeah, because this took place near Peter's hometown anyway, where the Bachelor House was. Peter easily could have been sneaking off with this producer back to his home, showing his family, and that could be the big surprise at the end that. His mom wants to bring her home because she's actually spent time with her. Or also the fact, I saw this hot take. Uh, one of my friends actually mentioned this. Shout out Hannah because she thinks that she has this down. But that <laughs> Peter potentially could have got the producer pregnant. Oh, And whoa. that's that big shock at the end when they find out. Oh. I mean, it could just be that the producer left oh, the show. Wow. And was just like, couldn't handle seeing the ending of this. And Peter was like, oh no, I actually really like her. But what if he gets her pregnant Boom, Jeez. he really needs to commit, Wow! give the final rose to his producer friend slash baby, soon to be baby. <laughs> All right, I will say that it's outrageous that potentially both Hannah Ann and Madison could lose this shit. Well, I think that Madison is going to be our bachelorette. I'm really feeling that right now. Well, first of all, the elephant in the room in terms of Madison is that she is a virgin. Has we, been saving yeah. herself to marriage. I mean, we but, had but, that with Colton. Yeah, so. that's great. But she is yet to say it to Peter, who believes oh. that sex is a major part of the relationship. So that was another part of Hannah's take, was that by hearing that, if Madison heard that Peter got that girl pregnant... It would be enough for her to just absolutely leave yeah. and be like. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I think, for like my prediction is something with Peter having sex in the fantasy suites with just somebody else. It doesn't. It has to be anything linked to the producer it's here. Chris Harris. <laughs> oh, like that. Hot take yeah. of the century. Wow. Regardless, <laughs> regardless, they're kind of framing Madison as a villain for next week, which I really don't like. Because that's just her choice and how she's... Yeah, she, I mean, we literally were made to, like, adore Colton because yeah. he was so innocent yeah. that entire season. So it's, it's kind of messed up. But it's it's the ultimatum part that they're saying they have an issue with. But even still, if you are on this show and you're going after this girl and you want to wait, and then she says, oh, yeah, no, I just had sex with this other competitor. That's ridiculous. You walk out because she would wait for you if she truly loved you and was you were that choice. So in a similar way, if Peter has not been waiting for Madison, Peter would not care. But to do that, Peter has to know that Madison has been saving herself for marriage, which she has not made Peter aware of yet. So with all this being said, I think it's lost in translation. Madison does take herself out of the competition. And then it comes down to really Hannah Ann or this producer rumor. I think Hannah Ann's actually going to win. I think there was a picture that kind of surfaced from her like golfing or something like that was posted even before the bachelor season started and someone linked it to being close to Peter's home or like just some kind of connection. And that was a bit of a stretch. I don't remember the full context, but I remember from the very beginning, similar to how this producer rumor has surfaced that there were a lot of links on Instagram of how Hannah Ann might've been chosen and wasn't hiding it as well as she should have. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen anything with either that just shouts out. This is who's going to win the show. But it seems like it's just an unexpected ending, which is why Hannah Ann I don't think will win. But she's my lock. Even though I would pick Madison personally, I think she's my lock of the competitors. And the Hannah Ann thing could be... Victoria F should just go. Like you said, <laughs> Madison said, 
that like Madison could potentially leave if she hears this news, and then this would be the first Bachelor where the Bachelor doesn't have a choice. Yeah, he has Ooh. to go with the final pick, and that's just Hannah Ann. Yeah, the bring her home thing. Or, or he doesn't have a choice, though. and it's Hannah Ann, and he realizes he doesn't want Hannah Ann, which is crazy. After she was the only one that he slept with, or he slept with, and right, right, right. ultimately yeah, wants Madison. Out. And Whoa. goes to bring her bring home. Her home. Bring her. Yo, there's a lot of hot. No, there's a lot it. going on. That's it. That could be it. Forget the producer. My prediction that you kind of set me up for here. And then not, producer not, 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 becomes not, not, not. the Bachelorette <laughs> and produces herself. Let's go. I'm produces all for her own season. Yeah. No, I'm locking in. Madison does leave. I like that. I'm gonna say because of sleeping with Victoria F. Because Victoria F. Uh, I feel like has been brought here yeah. to Fantasy Suites and isn't gonna go further. Uh, so that happens. Madison figures it out. So there's no hard feelings between Madison and Hannah Ann, which there don't seem to be at all. There yet. don't. And then Hannah Ann becomes the Bachelorette next yes. season. And then, and then I uh, think we figured it Peter out. Peter goes and chases it. Madison, bring her home. Yeah. She walked away. Like apologize. How do we know the producer didn't start the rumor because she's a producer to, in she order to set up, up this hype. ending? We yeah. did it. We yeah. solved it. This is what's going to happen next week. Lock Why in. even bother watching? You don't need to. You don't need to. You just need to listen to senior quotes so because we have it here. Keep listening to us. <laughs> we will keep you entertained even better than this show because we basically wrote the show, as you can see. We are the producer. Boom. We are the we, bachelorette. We, there we go. The next Not even the bachelorette. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening once again. We will be back next Tuesday, most likely, and we will keep posting these as quickly as possible so you guys can keep on listening to the show. Thank you so much for your support, and we will oh, see you soon. Also, shout out uh, Saturday, WZBC. I will be on call for the Clemson game. Oh. So tune into that, 6 yeah. o'clock, I believe, Saturday night. Go Eagles. Yeah, I missed the Could NC State game. Could be a fun game. run. I missed the NC State game, which we won. You know, so maybe I, it was good luck that I wasn't there. But we won't <laughs> say that. We don't know. One more, like I've won some basketball games on call, but regardless, tune into Jack for that. This Saturday, we will be also calling some baseball games coming up soon. We'll let you know which games those are. So, yeah, keep uh, keep updated <laughs> with our future uh, appearances, you know, around the WZBC block. And we'll always be here on Tuesdays unless we let you know on Twitter that we can't be. But just keep listening to us. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll make you guys aware of wherever we are at any given time. So keep that on track and we will talk to you guys soon. So thank you for listening. See you later. Touching hands.